Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. is up dmv hoops fans uh another believe in dmv hoops for you i just want to talk a little bit today about the recruiting aspect of things we've been talking to local coaches and getting ready for their seasons and things like that but you know they have to have players to go out and actually win basketball games with and our recruiting is a huge factor of that so today i'm really pleased to be joined by colby jacobino colby i follow so much of your content especially on inside maryland sports you do a great job you also run uh colby g scouting which is an ncaa approved scouting service and you're really my go-to guy uh, to find out about who the the names to know, especially in this area, are. So uh, thank you for coming on. Hey, appreciate you having me, Matt. You do great work, and I and I love keeping up with your stuff. Not only uh, I, I like that you're branching off here with the with the high school coverage, college coverage, which I I feel like should definitely continue. But the Wizards coverage, I know it's kind of uh, up and down. Trust me, I, I, did, I did a few things for the Wizards back in my journalism days and whatnot, mm-hmm. and it's a ride. Yeah, it's, it's a labor of love and uh, <laughs> that, uh, you know, it, it's nice that basketball is like so much bigger in this area, I think, than just pro basketball. And that's not true for everywhere. So mm-hmm. I think if you like the Wizards and things like that, presumably you care about other stuff. And hopefully we can kind of shed some light on on some of these other guys that are worth talking about. So I appreciate sure. the kind words there and um, should be a fun combo for everybody, whether they're Maryland basketball fan, Wizards fan, whatever. Just uh, these are names that they'll all want to know for the future, I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Before we get going, let's get uh, paid. That's always the important part here, I think, too. So we're brought to you by Stateside Vodka and their surf diet, hard iced teas, hard lemonades, hard peach teas, hard everything realistically. And they're all good, which is uh, amazing. So um, you can't go wrong with any of their products. And brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, UFC, golf, tennis, and more. BetOnline continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place all your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games. So head to the website today and use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Uh, Okay, so Colby, we talked about it a little bit here just on the intro. I think there's so much talent in the DMV, and obviously as somebody who's covering this uh, firsthand, is that right? I mean, how do we stack up with the rest of the country here, in your opinion? No, I mean, I, I think you're 100% right on that. Um, I, it's it's no secret. I don't think it's ever really been a secret. And I think especially over the past years and and from what the basketball recruiting, uh, you know, stage and, and the, the social media friends has become, it's only it's only kind of spread. Sure. Um, with that being said, uh, with 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 the rest of the country finding out just how good the talent is here. Of course, it's great for colleges, but it's also good for those those big prep national prep schools. Yep. Um, so they're often, you know, swooping in, grabbing some of the top, uh, you know, ranked kids, and and using them to their advantage. And 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 you know, a lot of times, like, you know, people get upset. And of course, you don't want to see a local product leave and go elsewhere. But yep. some of these kids need it, um, yep. and more in in one more, you know, more ways than one. So, mm-hmm. um, but no, man. In terms of the talent, even you know, with the top guys usually going off and playing elsewhere to at least finish out their high school uh, career. Um, You know, whether it's coaches, whether it's uh, 
fans, whether it's NBA scouts, anything like that, they all know like when they come to the DMV and watch basketball, a lot of them are just blown away. And it's because, you know, you go you go somewhere else, there might be one game that that is the go to game or maybe one or two. You can really walk into, you You can find a ton here. Yeah. Yep. Any gym. And and it's the same thing. So uh, it's a special place for sure. Uh, yeah, you hit on it, right? I think anytime you look at some of these Montverds or IMGs, like their rosters are always just like stacked with like Maryland, Virginia guys, you know, you get some of the Hampton, Virginia, like there's, there's guys in this greater area on like every top team in the country. I would bet almost all of them have at least one, you know, sometimes two, a couple of the names we'll get to here today. Like Derek Queen is another one, uh, probably the biggest local name in the area I would think at the moment. So uh, that's pretty cool. And then obviously OTE is picking up steam over the last couple of years. And they just had a showcase this week that you attended. And there's a, a ton of names that are from the DMV, but also guys that are on the radar for Maryland and some of the other local teams here. So I guess, how was that event? Can you kind of walk us through what it was and, and what you saw down there? Yeah, it was great. Um, Overtime Elite hosted their pro day. Um, it was uh, I'm starting to lose day, uh, track of my days now. It's Tuesday. Made a quick day trip down, took a flight down in the morning and a flight home. Uh, at night. So it was, so it was a quick thing, but you know, it's pretty much three hour block um, of, of those guys putting, the, putting their players through uh, drill sessions. Mm-hmm. Then they split off into three on three sessions and then they ended it with five on five okay. um, in terms of the turnout, man. I mean, it was, it was fantastic. 29 of the 30 NBA teams were represented um, over, uh, over 50 colleges um, were there. And, you know, again, between both NBA and college is represented. There's sometimes two or three coaches or, or a GM and a scout, anything like that. Um, so it was packed. It was a great opportunity and a great uh, stage for these kids to, to, you know, display their talents for not only the next level, but the ultimate level. Um, the way that it was organized, I thought it was great. Uh, the way they took care of media scouts, you know, Nate, you name it was mm-hmm. fantastic. So I thought it was a great showing on their part. Um, they have a lot of, new people that are at the head of that. Um, and, and, you know, even uh, a DMV, a DMV guy is the coach of one of those overtime elite teams, Doug mm-hmm. Martin, mm-hmm. who used to be with uh, team takeover. And then was with the Clippers G league team. Doug's been everywhere. Great basketball mind. Uh, and now they're dipping in and grabbing some of the trainers from the area because of, you know, their connections with the, the kids and then, you know, just their, their backgrounds. But mm-hmm. no, man, in terms of a, a overall opportunity to just go see some of the, you know, top you know talented kids from various classes it was great um as you mentioned they they have you know i would say they really did their damage from mid-july to to late august they got it done they got it done quick in terms of acquiring talent that that people are here probably listening are, are very familiar with uh daquan davis um who was at saint john's last year uh you know was looking to set up to be at saint francis he, he's signed with um, Overtime Elite. He's a Providence commit. Um, you know, they got Jaden Mustaf, who I know a lot of the, the Terps fans that are that are listening here, very familiar with. Um, recent Georgia Tech commit. Uh, they got Adam Umadak, who is was uh, previously at Bishop O'Connell, a very talented sophomore. Uh, and then they have um, Tyler Jackson, obviously, who was at St. Francis. Uh, he was the last DMV slash Baltimore guy to bring on. Uh, so it was a good chance to kind of check in with those guys. I, you know, usually I see them every so often, um, but I, you know, I haven't seen them since probably midsummer now. So it's good to just kind of check in and see how those guys are liking it, and they're loving it the way that the players are, are getting treated there and the professional route. So it's 
it's definitely uh, it's headed in the right direction down there, which is good news for them. Probably bad news for the local hoops fans that are <laughs> sure. hoping that they that the top guys stay. It's one of the first things I hear from anybody that's covered an OTE thing is just how like professionally set up everything is, and especially the media coverage. Like they they want to build that up the right way, and it seems like that's a smart thing to do. If you make it easy and accessible for people to cover your event, they're going to want to come back and do it. So it seems like a no brainer, but not everybody does it that way. And I'm, I'm sure you've been to some of these tournaments and showcases and stuff where they make it kind of a pain for you to actually, you know, provide the the type of coverage you'd like to, you know, provide for people. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, it was, it was perfect. And then like, just through the little nuances, man, like just halfway through, you know, they're wheeling food in for everybody, you know, during, and uh, just little things like that, that can kind of go overlooked. They had, they had all their bases covered. So definitely kudos to, to the overtime uh, elite folks. And, and like I said, it's, it, I, I think if, I think now, especially that the prospects from last year's team, obviously, you know, if you take it in the lottery, uh, the majority of them played very well in NBA summer league. Yeah. Um, so now they're, they're trying to strike while the iron's hot. They got the right people in there now to capitalize off that. So we'll see how they do, but they definitely have the talent and the names, uh, this year. They've got two guys. If you're listening to this and you're an NBA draft fan from last year's OTE teams that will probably be in this year's draft and Alex Sar and, and Tyler Smith. So like, I don't know if you're beyond just a, a college or high school basketball fan. Those are still names worth paying attention to. Um, just kind of sticking locally here, obviously as a Terp alum and a lot of our listeners are, are Terps, uh, you know, uh, fans too. I want to stick with that a decent amount here, I guess. Uh, just how do you think Kevin Willard and company are doing so far? Obviously the Mike Jones hire has been big and it seems like that's gotten them in on a lot of these conversations and in the mix with a lot of these guys, but at least for 24, they haven't landed really anyone yet. So I guess what's kind of the the sense you've got of the recruiting job that the Willard uh, organization has done so far? I mean, so far, man, they, they, they've, they've done a really good job. Um, I think they, they hit the ground running. I mean, you, I know everybody is, is and kind of has been focused on, on 2024 um, just because of the name, you know, named Derek queen that we'll probably touch on here soon. Um, but I mean, man, you can't overlook the job that they did with with landing a Deshaun Harris Smith. Uh, that, like, I, I can honestly say, with with the older staff or maybe just a, a different staff, that wouldn't happen. Um, it's the way that they can connect with not only the player, uh, the folks around him, their parents. Um, Willard is a very personable guy who can relate. Um, you bring in Mike Jones, there's a huge a huge piece in terms of DMV connections. Uh, assistant coach David Cox, he's he works his butt off in terms of just being in a gym. And then I think people are really going to see the the value of Greg Manning as well, the assistant coach there, uh, who does a lot of things that like don't go noticed. Hmm. Um, but and talk about another guy who puts the time in. I mean, I, I try to be as as many places as I can and you know, with with what I can do. And every time I'm there, Greg's there. Um, so in terms of like a in terms of like a uh you know, just an effort standpoint and willing to put the time in with the kids and, and again, people around these kids, which ultimately can, can get you the prospect. Mm-hmm. Um, they have all their bases covered. Uh, I think night and day, obviously a lot of the coverage that I do for inside Maryland sports is catching up with these kids fresh off their visits and the, the, the feedback from this staff to the the previous staff. What it's again, it's just night and day. Even if, even if you kind of know that the kid isn't going to, be a Maryland guy, they still speak highly of their experience. They speak highly of their back and forth with the staff and their effort in recruiting them. Um, so I think that's huge. 
I think on the floor, man, I mean, I, I think that kind of speaks for itself too. I you know, they have a great year last year in terms mm-hmm. of that, you know, whole new staff coming in, expectations. And I think, uh, you know, something that's kind of been glossed over too is how many guys are staying or how many guys did stay when Willard came on board. Mm-hmm. We're, we're living in a, a, a day and age now where rosters implode no matter, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, and no matter how good the team was the, the year before. So to say to he was coming in, shake everything up and have those guys buy in was huge. Um, I know we're not going to like dive too deep into the, the Terps upcoming season uh, in terms of like, you know, how they'll do. But I've always been a, a I've always been a believer, like if they were somehow and I don't think this had anything to do with Willard and the staff, but if they were somehow able to keep Hakeem Hart. I think I think that's a huge game changer. Um, in terms of where they project this season, but just to you know, kind of piggyback off the the local product, Jamie Kaiser is killing it this yeah, preseason. That's what I keep hearing the the yeah. overseas trip. He was the yeah. guy, and uh, you know, I think a lot of folks who maybe aren't as familiar with Jamie, which the Maryland uh, fan base does an outstanding job with keeping up with these kids, but um, he should. He, not only does he just make shots. But he's a he's a dog of a competitor, and him and Deshaun are are eye and eye with that. So, I think the culture and the type of player that they are trying to establish for themselves moving forward is the type that wins a lot of games, and, and that's ultimately what people want. I don't even hear that much about Jonathan Lamoth, and a friend of mine played pickup with him a couple of times this summer. Him actually and Derek Queen, and, and said Lamoth was like hitting shots all over the place and was really impressive. And you know that's a guy that's probably seven, eight on the depth chart and, and could probably come in and contribute. So uh, that's that's definitely exciting. I, I think the conversion rate we talked about here a little bit for 24, we'll get into that, but it's not, you know, you always hear the expression about like, it, it's not horseshoes, you, don't, you know, being close doesn't do anything for you, but I actually think it helps for recruiting and, and love your feedback on this. It's just, if you don't always get everybody, obviously that's not great, but sometimes just like what we talked about, like a prospect having a good um, vibe from the visit they tell that to their friends and they give um, good feedback to other prospects and younger, uh, you know, teammates and things like that who might be looking at it. And I think there's a trickle down from effect from that. If you're in the mix for a lot of high profile guys, even if you don't get them all, that still establishes you more as a recruiting power and someone who at least has a presence, you know, belonging with the Kansases and the Dukes and people like that. in, in some of these recruiting um, efforts, not only that, man, but, uh, the, the big elephant in the room is when you're making an investment in these kids in terms of your time recruiting them, hmm. transfer portal is a thing. Yeah, and sure. when and when you have when you have a close relationship with them, and you're battling a Kansas, hmm. a Duke, whatever the case may be, and if that kid doesn't hit the ground running back there and kind of gets lost in the fold, a lot of times there's two things that I feel like they revert back to is one, okay, who was the coach I was closest with other than these guys when I was mm-hmm. getting recruited, and two kind of want to go home yeah. so um you know maryland maryland can offer that and i think that's but that's also just a huge strategy you know moving forward for for honestly for all divisions too i know a lot of division three coaches who will recruit a guy who is is division two or maybe low major division they're probably one. never going to get them initially but nope but look let's build a good relationship here because you might go in the portal and as we see this year you might not find anywhere so that mm-hmm. can come in the back end hey i need a place to play well i'm established with you and uh you know what you know my interest in you so that's that's just another wrinkle of today's day and age man that's a really great point too i, I think i guess do you see the like work 
the recruiting landscape changing at all because of the transfer portal? Like, do guys take their initial commitment any less seriously because they know they can move? They're not stuck somewhere for four years if they don't get it right the first time. Like, is their commitment level wavered at all because of this? I don't think their initial commitment level is. I think it's just when things change on campus. Uh, and I know it's something that, you know, we had somebody ask and that we'll discuss quickly, but it, it, it's a lot of with the, the NIL thing. Like a lot of these, a lot of these players are based in decisions or the people around them are based in decisions off NIL. And it looks nice in a tweet when it says, oh, he's projected to make this. Not I actually getting that. I, yeah. yeah. Like it's 90, 95% of those players are not touching any of like, not, I won't say any of that, but a, a fraction of that. Mm-hmm. Um, And when that's not, you know, when, when, I think where the programs will start to separate themselves are the one that's at our, Hey, we'll give you 250,000, but then you go there and you get 30,000 between the other one that goes, look, we'll give you a hundred grand. It's like, Oh, well, that's not very exciting, but you, actually you, get end up, it. you end up going there and get a hundred like that. That's the difference. And that, even with that, it's a long-term game where you're going to miss a lot on in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But as that word spreads, Hey, you go here, you're going to get it. Obviously, that's gonna that's gonna help you in in recruiting battles. So, um, but I don't think from a kid standpoint, man. Like, and, and again, not to do not to get too much in the roots, but I think I think kids do have a say of where they want to go. I don't think it always it always pans out that way. Sure. But their initial mindset is, hey, these coaches have been telling me how great I am through for the past year or two. Uh, I'm gonna go there and do X, Y, and Z. And and if they're not in the right program that's molding them to get ready for once you step on that college campus and life hits you in the face to adjust it can get it can get really ugly really quickly um in terms of just their mindset and and where they are with that team and the game i really like the way that willard and company have seemed to want to use nil to just keep the guys that are good i I think um your colleague jeff erman talked about this on uh, ims radio too about how they're going to keep these guys from coming in as freshmen and rocking the boat and killing chemistry because they're not getting paid more than everybody before they've done anything. You know, the Julian Reese, like it's hard to argue that he deserves to get paid after being here because everybody's seen him produce. And I think that helps them keep like a pecking order and things like that. It seems like a smart approach, at least from the outside. For sure. And I think a lot of that is, Again, just going back to the culture that they want to build. Um, you have a guy like Deshaun. You have a guy like Jamie who are used to like they're, – they're used to just getting dirty, getting mm-hmm. dirty out on the floor. They want to make winning plays. And I don't want to – like I've, I've, known, I've seen – I've known and, and watched John since he was a freshman. One of the most insane uh, developments in terms of body, skill, and everything that I – that since I've been doing this that I've seen. Because like when I saw John – and of course, you know, Nick Miles, the head coach of St. Francis, like, look, man, this is my this is my freshman. And he came running out. And I told John this from like, yo, I will check back in on that at a later date because that is not what I see right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, even he understands when he goes to Maryland, like John and I don't want to speak for him, but this is just for me, you know, from what I'm John is aware. He's not going to go in and play 25 minutes a game. It's a process. You got to develop. He's going to continue to learn the game at that pace. The one thing that John can do, or the couple of things that John can do is make shots. Uh, he's very coachable and he's an excellent, excellent kid. So that, that reflects in the locker room with this whole NIL deal. You get a couple of, whether it's the kids or the people around the kids that are just all about the money when things start to get rocky, that seeps in and that can really destroy a locker room. So 
for those for the people who you know just want willing to you know with open arms just welcome everybody drop in, the bag on everybody yeah it's not always the best thing to do and when when you make mistakes like that and you bring you know whether it's four or five of those type of kids in um it takes a long period to work that out and then develop a new culture and in this day and age you're not getting a long period to prove yourself like that as a coach. So you really have to stay on your P's and Q's, be particular about who you want to pursue, and then go from there. Maryland doesn't have the luxury of sitting back like a Kansas does. Oh, oh, that kid was okay last year, but now he's good. We'll take him. You know what I mean? You can get like it at the last minute on everybody if you're that. We'll yeah. figure out all the noise later. But no, you got to be a particular way about about your attack, and and I think they've they've done a good job. It seems to me like. I don't know, from again, outside perspective, a lot of times Turgeon and company seem to just take like the highest available guy they could get regardless of fit. And Willard and them seem to really like put in the time to say, hey, this guy is like 57 on a board, but we think he's a 35 level guy. And and they're not just concerned about the number. They're making their own evaluation and it's guys they think can kind of outperform that. But if you're getting a guy in the 70s who you think can produce like somebody in the 30s, maybe that guy doesn't have that baggage or doesn't have that sort of mindset coming in that, you know, he's the man or, you know, he needs X amount of money. I think that's another really smart thing that they seem to be kind of focusing on as like those underrated guys. It is. And I mean, I, I also think that like fans need to remind themselves again, like Willard and staff are just getting here. Um, they're still, they're still getting themselves settled. And when you look at it, when they're, when they're in a recruiting battle, I mean, you look at, uh, you know, Jamie Kaiser, Look at him. I mean, you know, he was, he was, you know, Indiana did a great job with him. Mm-hmm. UCLA was coming in very strong late. And and those are two massive historic basketball brands. With a lot of and money behind them too. With a lot of money behind them. And, you know, it, like I, I would say, you know, Maryland always did his due diligence with Jamie and put themselves in that position. But a lot of times like that, and Maryland fans are used to this in the past, that happens, and then the big guys come in and steal it away. And with Deshaun, you know, you had now, of course, the whole coaching change of Villanova that definitely helped with that. But you had Villanova, you had Indiana, you had a lot of, of programs that were vying for him. And Maryland's consistency, and when they when they zeroed in on a player, they make it very very well known. And uh, that's what you have to do, and just let the chips fall where they may. Because again, he, you might not get them this year, but you might get them on the back end. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, we mentioned Indiana a couple times there, and this first guy I want to talk about, Indiana in the mix again. They keep coming up. It seems like uh, Maryland and Indiana are like battling it out for for every guy on this list, essentially. But let's start with Derek Queen, uh, center in the class of 2024. Just a big dude, but pretty skilled for his size. Uh, I think he's 12 right now in the 247 uh, composite rankings. Maryland is in the mix along with Indiana, Houston, uh, Kansas is still seemingly in the mix according to to some of your reporting there, which is a little weird to me because they just also added another center. Uh, but I guess, do we really think Maryland's going to pull this off? Like we haven't had a ton of, uh, you know, top 15 level guys. Can, can they get this one done in your opinion? They're, they're very much in the position to, um, they're, they're very much in the position to, they feel very confident that they will, um, you know, obviously, with like Indiana is leaving no stone unturned. Uh, they're trying to work every kind of angle that they can. Indiana has done a great job, as you said, having their hands on the DMV, and it's because of their staff and their due diligence over there of 
just you know their constant presence over here now it, and it was kind of a random thing but they, again just like we when we opened up the podcast these other programs are getting uh cognizant of how how talented this this area is mm-hmm. and sometimes you strike on those guys who are like you know again like i'll, I'll just say it here like a kanai roots who yeah. is very very talented just doesn't want to go to school around home and, and that's fine um, and that's where they'll, you know, get those high caliber elite uh, talents. Mm-hmm. But no, man, in terms of the, in terms of the queen pursuit, it's interesting. He'll be at LSU um, starting tomorrow for an official visit, w- visit which kind of keeps, I mean, catches people off guard. Mm-hmm. But at the same at, in the same tone, like, you know, uh, the people around Eric have have relationships with LSU. Um, I mean, you even look at the recent uh guard that they sent down there mike williams um who used to play for uh team thrill and he was a calvert hall guy um you know he's down there and he's trying to you know find his footing but lsu not only and not only in the basketball front in the football front as well so that brand is very very uh popular up here um and then you know you go down go down to dmv tyrell wards down there they've they've gotten their share of, of dmv talent uh, but then you got Houston and they're kind of in, you know, they're lurking in the background. Um, Kelvin Sampson has, you know, went out and flew, flown out and, and spoke with Derek and is making clear, you know, that he wants, you know, him to come, you know, be a Houston Cougar. And, and then he also has the body of work with one of their close friends, Jairus Walker, um, another team throw guy. So they're saying, hey, look what we did with Jairus. Look where he is now. Um, you know, you can come in there and, and be that sort of town and that sort of path for you. And Derek, you know, told me the other day he wants to he the biggest thing for him personally is who can get him ready for the NBA. Sure. Um, but, you know, all in all, I think Maryland is is still in the lead there. He, he's they're the last official visit that he'll take um, in October. Uh, and depending on who you talk to is, you know, you get a kind of a, a time frame for when Derek will have a decision. I don't expect it to be immediately after, and this could change, but somewhere within the the weeks after leading up to the season for high school wise, I think, uh, I, I think we'll find something out. The one, the one caveat with Indiana that is kind of interesting is Jairus Walker is on the Indi- Indianapolis Pacers. In the pa- yeah, right. Indiana Pacers. Yeah. Um, so that's something to definitely, definitely watch for. If it goes Indiana, he's close there. Um, you know, so a, a lot of different, a lot of different wrinkles, but we'll find out when, when these next couple of officials um, take place. You mentioned like the track record of getting guys to the league and stuff like that, impacting players of like Queens caliber. Do you think that hurts Willard and company at all? Because they don't really have a ton of those guys, at least yet to point to and say like, look at our, you know, we put this player and this player and this player in the league, the way uh, Kelvin Sampson can point to this like recent example. Sure. I mean, I, I think when you're comparing them to all the other guys, and I didn't, you know, touch on the whole Kansas thing, but I can mention that later. Um, you know, in, in in a conversation like that, yeah, Samson's going to have the the leg up right now. But mm-hmm. I think what what has also spoke volumes is the way that, and again, it's only they're only one season in, but Julian Reese. There you take a local product that's tangible. Here's what we had, and then this is this is what he is now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know, Julian's on his way. If he continues to develop, he's going to have a chance. Yeah. Um, you know, even and and then you have another local guy, Jameer Young, who obviously spent his you know most of his college at, at Charlotte, but now he transitions to Maryland and blows up. And I think you know, if Maryland doesn't have Jameer Young on the roster this season, as well as Akeem Hart, I think this is a 
totally different conversation yeah, in sure. terms of where they are. But, um, but no, I, I they're they're clear in that they want to have keep the DMV talent home, develop them, ship them off to the league. And who's to say? Again, a lot of early things, uh, you know, a lot of early mumblings. But Deshaun Harris Smith, Jamie Kaiser, kill it. Yeah, could be pros, yeah. Even if I mean, and, and I think in that sense, even if they just get some, you know, if they get a combine invite, and, right? And, you know, want to go through the process or whatnot. That's still, a, even though it could be a massive loss for Willard, it's a major win because look, we we got him for one year and look what we did with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point, and I think. A lot of times as fans, we're like, we're really bummed out to lose that guy. But also it's like, well, you know, maybe it helps you down the road. Yep. You mentioned they had the last visit with Queen or at least a last scheduled visit currently. That always seems to make a big dent in recruiting, or at least that's a really good sign that they're giving you a really fair shake if you're that last visit. It, I don't need you to put a percentage on it or anything like super specific here, but is that as good an indicator as it feels like for a fan that, you know, a guy is getting the last visit here at least? Sure. I mean, if 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 he was... From from what I've gathered from from following the you know the, the whole recruitment path of it, uh, I'll be honest. Like if you know, because Indiana they had him up, they were trying you know they had him up with McNeely, which was you know strategic on their part. Mm-hmm. But early just early September, uh, if you told me that uh, Derek was visiting this week and then he had LSU and finishing up with Houston, and then maybe Kansas invited him back for a last second talk. Or, or Bill Self made a, uh, a trip down to, to Mount Verde, I would be like, okay, this is a typical Maryland story right yep. here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But no, I mean, that they, they are, they set that up just like Indiana did strategically get you on with, with Liam. Um, Maryland does that in a way where look, you know, with whoever they're speaking with, with Derek, whoever we want you up here, who, where are your other visits? When are they coming here last? And, and again, just like with anything that's to you know, try to close a deal and try to leave committed. Um, again, I don't know, I don't know if that, this particular recruitment will happen like that, but those are usually, as you mentioned, a lot of these recruitments are wrapped up in that last visit. We've seen different things happen, but more times than not, it's a very good sign. And I, I, that was my biggest thing when I was speaking with Derek and, and other people were like, okay, when's that Maryland visit? Cause if it wasn't last, I would have been a little bit worried if I was a Terps fan. Yeah, um, that's a great point. And the only other person that I seem like they're like super in the mix for that's definitively class of 2024 is Matthew Hodge. Hodge just had a visit. Seemed like that went really well. I think it sounds like this will be his last visit. And maybe that's another really good indicator here. Um, I guess you guys have reported that the other two visits he had at least tentatively scheduled are probably not going to happen. So I, I guess it, tell us a little bit about Matthew Hodge and, and where do we feel, uh, you know, comfort wise in, in his ending up at her. So, the point that you brought up earlier in kind of their uh, approach to getting a guy who might be in the seventies, I'm not sure right off the top of my head where, where Hodge falls on in the two, four, seven sports. I think he's maybe in the early, he's 92, right? Now. Okay. I was going to say early hundreds. Cause there's a couple other ones where he's in like the early hundreds. Yeah, that's, he um, just moved up into the, the top 100. It sounds like. Yep. Yep. Much better than that. And he's going to be a much better college player. I'm not saying he's going to come, you know, wherever he goes, Hodge is the type of guy to me, um, and, I, and I've seen him a few times live, more so a lot on film, uh, spoken with him several times, but um, a lot of what Matt Hodge does translates to the college level, just in terms of small habits, how to play the game, 
you know, making making the extra pass, making the extra rotation defensively, being able to do multiple things, shoot, score, pass. Um, and then his size, six foot eight. He continues to get bigger in terms of, you know, putting on mass. And, uh, you know, if you were to if you were to base it specifically off the film watching with PSA Cardinals, you might not be that blown away. But when he is, you know, with his high school St. Rose, um, where he really took off was this June during the Scholastic Live period and where all the high majors really got to see him play in a in a role where he's like the, the go-to guy, the primary option, and he can mm-hmm. make a lot of different things happen. So when you when you start to, uh, you know, predict or start, try to put in a box, him playing along with like Queen, um, it, it they're fine. Like a great Yeah, they're interchangeable. A lot of time, you know, and, and Queen with Derek, like he's still – See, when he was a freshman at St. Francis, you would see him a lot more out on the perimeter. And and these past couple of years at Montverde, they put him down in the post. And that's and that's fine because that's where he's going to ultimately belong. But he, you know, every now and again, face up from the high post, make things happen, sort of like the easy, you know, fruit to grab, which is like a Jokic type. Mm-hmm. But Hodge is a guy who can really, you know, more so set the screen, pop out, catch at the top of the key, and he can do multiple things. And in the way that Willard wants to play um, and in today's game of just having mass versatility, that would be huge in terms of where he stands with, with Maryland. I know that, uh, you know, there's a Marquette still after him, even though they have Royce Parham on the way. Um, it's Villanova in the mix there too. Villanova's in the mix as well. They seem to love um, all the DMV guys also, not that Hodges uh, yeah, DMV guy yeah. the same way, but you know what I mean? Sure. No, no, no. I mean, he's a, he's a target. Um, and, and, you know, again, I don't want to go, too far into this but with what happened with, with what unfolded with cam whitmore and villanova that's that's definitely something to watch mm-hmm. in terms of long term how they're because they were a very heavy presence in this area so we'll see how that unfolds but nevertheless they're in it with hodge um the the and i'm sure you know you know this matt from from reading on the site with jeff's done uh, outstanding coverage on but mike jones and matt's father were roommates and teammates at old dominion during their playing time and that was a not only will they will the Maryland probably work the hey, you know, well, Marquette's got Royce going there and, and Xavier's also in the mix, too. I didn't mention them. Um, but, uh, you know, they have the connection of, hey, Matt's coming over from overseas. Mm-hmm. I want him. To, I want him to be somewhere comfortable with somebody who I trust. Mm-hmm. And you have an entire, you know, life lifetime relationship if you're sending him to Maryland and, and Mike. And obviously they're going to have a need with Dante Scott you know, going off the board. So um, I think Maryland sits in a really good spot before the visit. I'd be like, they have a shot, but after the visit and just kind of, you know, finding some things out, I think it's definitely on the up and up in terms of where, where they stand in that, in that pursuit. Oh, that's great. Uh, I think they've got to land somebody from this group and uh, you know, queen is still a pretty big question mark, even if there's confidence there, you know, there's a lot of um, the teams we mentioned in the mix, or you can never really rule out. So Landon, someone really solid like Hodge, who if Julian Reese is back next year, they seem like they would fit really well together. Uh, you can replace Dante Scott. That's that's a big um, a big addition, I think. Uh, also, the important thing to mention with Hodge, too, is just his younger brother, Jaden, is a top 30-ish level uh, recruit in the class of 26, especially if you've got kids you know, new to the U.S. I would think if Hodge is a multi-year college player, it's probably appealing to them that they could potentially wind up at the same place. I don't know if necessarily the same schools are recruiting both kids, but the fact that Maryland is in the mix for both and they have that Mike Jones connection 
seems like that might play into it at least a little bit. No, it is. And like I said, I've talked with Matt before. That's something that I had spoken about because like him, Jaden really started to catch some eyes uh, in the month of June. Mm-hmm. And I so I asked him, I was like, hey, man, is that is that something that you guys talk about? Because again, some some friends, some brothers, they're like, hey, I want to do my own thing for my own, my own path, which is respectable. But no, I mean, Matt described it as a being a dream. You know, he, he would love to play with with his brother in college. And and, you know, Jaden is a very, very good prospect. Not to say that that Matt isn't. But, you know, of course, upside and, and potential is the most valuable thing somebody can have these days. So and Jaden has a lot of that. So not only would it's not like, hey, we'll take Matt, but it's really to get Jaden. No, Matt's going to do some things at the next level. And that's that's I, I feel very confident about that. Uh, Jaden Mustaf, who we mentioned, was a Maryland recruit. Uh, his dad went here. There's some stuff there that maybe we don't get into here. I feel like maybe ultimately that's best for both parties, potentially. There's a little less baggage than if he he comes here. Um, ends up at Georgia Tech. Uh, Boogie Fland, probably not likely to end up at Maryland. Sounds like he canceled a visit. Kahani Ruth's canceled a visit at the last minute. He's out of the mix here, it seems like. But those are names that they seemed at least reasonably in the mix for. And those are top 40-ish guys. And and even if you don't get any of the four of them or any of the three of them, it's like we talked about, I think there's some some value to being in the mix there. Are, are we pretty sure Fland is a done deal at this point to not come to Maryland? I would imagine canceling the visit is a pretty bad sign. Yeah, I mean, they tried to get in late and they were doing a good job. I mean, I, I just spoken with some people around Boogie and, um, you know, again, like I feel like when when we did, you know, start releasing some content about them going out to believe fan base was kind of caught off guard. Um, but, you know, just speaking with people around him and I was like, hey, man, like what what is Maryland's like real chances here? And they're like, look, man, they're, they're, they're working their butt off for him um, just to kind of get involved. But just so many other bigger programs have already sunk their teeth into him. And, uh, you know, it's just one of the things where he had an established recruitment. Maryland was kind of on the outside looking in. Uh, and then I really think with just with Kanai, it was just really so much so he doesn't want to be around home. Um, and 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 again, I think it's best for some kids. But when I was speaking with him after the Will Barton elite camp in August, before he had canceled his visit, he said he's still very interested in Maryland. The, the biggest thing that he's looking for them is how they would they have a plan to limit outside distractions is how he kind of worded it. Mm-hmm. And. Um, that's a great plan. Um, but you know, if you have a kid that's already thinking that way, probably not going to work. Yeah. Uh, and there's a reason why, you know, he went from, he went from Georgetown prep out to Bishop Walsh where nothing is. Mm-hmm. And then down to, down to, uh, you know, IMG. So he's a kid that moves around, but can I, I mean, I, I've said it before and I'll always say that he's got a potential to be, you know, a, a future NBA guy for sure. He looks like a pro when you watch him play to be that size and that athletic and move the way he does. Uh, that that would have been a huge one to get. But yep, um, getting the motor and the consistency with Kanai, I think, will be the ultimate determining factor. But there's no doubt he's got the size, versatility, and skill. Canadian basketball kind of blowing up right now. They just had a good Olymp or a good World Cup run. I'm probably going to butcher this name, so so save me here if I do. Uh, Efiosa Oliagu in yep. the class of 2025 going to OTE. Uh, but seems like he could be in the mix to potentially reclass. Give us the story on him. I'm assuming local fans haven't seen much of him yet. So what could we expect there and, and how realistic is his recruitment, but also him reclassifying? Yep. Efosa Oliogu. So you were very close. Um, 
great kid. Uh, as you said, from Canada, I remember when I was in Indy for an Under Armour event when Efoso was a freshman and one of the um, directors from Canada elite came over to me and was like, you know, there's a couple guys that I liked on their team. And he's like, but he, you know, this kid's the one to watch. And like, first of all, I thought he was like a, a more of so of a sophomore or junior at that mm -hmm. point. Cause he was built, you know, like a grown man. Sure. Um, but you know, fast forward to now, uh, I'll see what he's listed at. Um, he's listed at six, six, two seventeen. That was, that was the way in for from the OTE combine. So ton of size um, and explosive athlete uh, downhill nightmare. Um, I think this spring and summer was really the time that most got uh, you know, sh were were made aware of what he's willing, what he's able to do on the floor. Hmm. Um, still, still working on his shooting. Uh, he can, you know, he'll make a shot here and there, but in terms of what he's most valuable at is going to be his versatility. He's a violent finisher around the rim, um, and, and, and a versatile defender who rebounds it really well for, you know, a wing. And he's the type that, you know, with his strength, you can throw at the, you know, small ball four. And, he, and then he's the type also that I could see for the future moving up to the two, if he can get that jump shot polished. So mm -hmm. he just screams versatility. Um, this is where, uh, Greg Manning has been, you know, the first one on the scene, uh, he had, and he has a relationship with, you know, someone that's involved with FOSA dating back to, to college. Um, so he had always known about him and he's always, you know, expressed interest ever since he was a freshman. Uh, FOSA, yeah. And FOSA has had a lot of things happen in his life, particularly recently that a lot of people wouldn't be like, okay. Mm -hmm. Um, and on, and that's not even considering, uh, you know, cause I, I don't know if you saw the, the news that he was going to transfer to DME Academy. And then it seemed like a week or so later, oh, I'm signing with OTE. Right. So, you know, a lot of changes in his life that again, not even with the basketball part, people wouldn't be able to get through. And Greg's been there for it every step of the way. He knows that he can lean on him for things. Um, there are a few other programs that are trying to get involved there. Um, Auburn, uh, Missouri, um, a, a few others too that are kind of you know leaning in a little bit. But I would say, if I had to guess, it's it would be a battle between Maryland and Auburn for this one. Um, and in that sort of in in that sort of case, I'm I'm very high on Maryland's chances with them. Um, I think in terms of the reclass, when I would speak with Afosa, he's, I think he was leaning towards reclassing the 24. Okay. Uh, he had just told me that like, look, I'm going to see where I am kind of after the season and then go from there. Mm -hmm. But listen, life has a weird way of working when you, when you wake up tomorrow morning and things mm -hmm. change um, and situations change and everything like that. So he might want to be just at a place as soon as possible where he's comfortable with people that he's comfortable with. Um, and, and that could, you know, pretty much boost the, the time frame of when he could potentially be a Maryland Terp. But it just kind of depends on where the dominoes fall for the class of 25 and how others really start to uh, prioritize them. But, but Greg Manning and the staff have done everything in their power to put them in the, the best spot to land a talent like that. And he is a talent. It makes me nervous anytime you go up against an SEC school. They've got all the sort of NIL money down, it seems like, and, and Auburn, uh, you know, Bruce Pearl's going to bring it. But I guess, is there any 
factor of this as a Canadian player with where he can receive NIL money and things like that? Is, is his recruitment different because of that, I guess? I don't think so. That you know, because this is the big conversation around Zach Eady, and they figure it out. You can make uh, it work, right? Yeah, figure it out in different ways, and, and and there's multiple ways. And who knows by the end of this year with with how we are with an IL, they might have you know discovered even other ways to to make it easier for for those sort of players. But I think when you know when you're zeroed in on guys again, um, and I think this is what maybe Maryland fans have to kind of get used to you know because they're so used to zeroing in on guys and coming up empty-handed this staff is going to zero in on guys and they might get one of two one of three but that one is going to be really good um and and then the other guys that they get just to compliment uh whatever recruiting class are going to be guys that they believe long term they can develop and and fit the mold of being you know Again, like I said with Deshaun and Jamie, those dog guys who bring winning uh, intangibles to the table. Um, so yeah, I think I think the NIL thing gets figured out, and and that should that won't be the biggest issue. I think the biggest thing surrounding Afosa is having people that he can trust, and Greg Banning certainly is that. Yeah, I'm glad that Greg got the like basically promotion that he did this offseason because having somebody with that the ties to the program that he has and the institutional knowledge I think is huge. But he's also in on all these guys they've been in on, so that's. That's great, and hopefully he sticks around for a long time here. Uh, so we mentioned that he could be uh, class of 2025, potentially. I don't want to go through the whole 25 class because we could probably spend another hour just on that because it seems like such a deep class with with guys locally and then guys that the Terps specifically are in on. But any names out of uh, the 2025 class that you want to highlight for folks um, or just a even rapid fire, a couple of them that they're, that they should keep an eye on or, or um, at least do some additional homework on, or when you have uh, writing on these guys that they should, they should pay attention to. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I, I'll stick with the guys who are, you know, I, I don't want to just name like the, the biggest guys there who maybe Maryland doesn't, you know, isn't, won't be in the, in the running for. Work. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, just guys that people are familiar with. Um, you know, Cam Ward is 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 one of the biggest dominoes, I would say, in that I, class. I only saw him play once, by the way, and just loved him and was like, how yeah. is this guy only 65 in the class? He seemed like that guy to me that if he ends up like 30 or 40, it wouldn't shock me. So I, what am I missing on him that he's not higher than that? I would say just more so if he's he 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 elects to go to the public school route, um, and and you know his father's the coach there at Largo, his his mother's the athletic director. It makes a lot of sense for him to be around those type of people, where, you know, and and the fun it, it it's a fun thing because you know he's already has established recruitment, established recruitment. Heavy hitters are starting to get in with Cam because they know it, um, but like just to watch other kids from the area want to come to Largo and play with him. is just completely backwards. uh, (laughs) Yeah. For the scene these days, but Cam is a fantastic kid, a fantastic conversation. Doesn't matter who you are. He'll talk to you and he'll be the, you know, uh, uplifting kid. He's just got a really good vibe around him, man. But um, I went and saw Cam last week um while their work you know for their workouts and and there there was david cox sitting in the gym so um you know they're they're staying on them as is a lot of others uh ucla's in there syracuse is in there west virginia's in there florida state i could i could go on and on mm-hmm. um and i wouldn't be surprised you know long term if if a blue blood or two does get involved with them other than ucla um 
But yeah, he's definitely one that I would say is one of those guys that is like, hey, this is the big, this is the big chess piece from the local products that we need to keep home. Um, and then you know, scanning through the the rest of the area, you know, one that has again been reported on IMS a lot, Chance Mallory, Kevin Willard's a big Chance Mallory fan, and mm-hmm. and and you know, so is the other staff. But and Chance has has been unbelievable since I would say February. Um, in terms of his his progress and his overall development as a point guard, but the point guard the point guard pool of prospects in this area is thick for twenty five. Another guy is Nick Lewis, yeah. um, who I think is a guy that you know just speaking from from my perspective that Maryland should make a prior you know a priority mm-hmm. for in that class. Uh, maybe not a guy who is as high up on the rankings as maybe he should be, and I think it's because. He played up on 17s with team takeover this summer and sort of played a ton. Yeah. But, but still, you know, made his, made his impact and it's only going to go up from here for Nick. Um, It seems like Maryland's been at Gonzaga a good amount the last couple of weeks here. So presumably they're, they're keeping an eye on Nick while doing that. Sure. Him. And then you, again, right next to Nick is Derek Dixon, who's another one. It kind of worked out that because Nick could have played on obviously the 16 U team with Derek, but Mm -hmm. Hey, we're going to move up. We're going to move Nick up. Derek, here's the ball. You show what guy what you can do because you know Derek playing next to Nick last year during the high school season. You know if you only go to a couple of Gonzaga games, like okay, Nick's the playmaker, Derek's the shooter. Um, no, that's not more the there. Yeah. yeah, so it'll be more of like a balanced attack there this year, I think, for Gonzaga. Um, but yeah, between Nick, Derek Dixon, and then now they got the big Christian Gerdock there um, from PVI. Mm-hmm. Uh, who they're recruiting and will be on campus later this month. Um, you know, there's there's plenty of reason to go over to Gonzaga, and and they also offered Alex Tuomu from from Gonzaga as well, who's a more of a long term guy. But once that you know the tires meet the road with him, he's going to take off. He's got a, a you know bloodline mm-hmm. um, and and just the frame that you want from a wing and, and the potential and, and budding skill set. So, you know, just between between those guys and and. You know, a litany of others in 25 that are just really, really talented. Um, they're doing their due diligence in terms of getting in there. But it's I think it's clear that specifically for that class, they may elect to do the transfer portal route in 24. And then 25, we got to capitalize on one of these really special point guards locally. I was just going to ask that. There's a couple of questions in the chat here about, you know, what their point guard plans might be for next year, especially if they strike out on a couple of these guys. So maybe the Band-Aid route for a year or could you get away with the Deshaun Harris Smith as your lead guard for a year? If he is a multi-year player, do do they feel strongly enough that he could man that position full-time? No, I think, I think that's definitely an option, whether it's not, they strike gold in the transfer portal on a, on a true point guard or whatnot. um, Or if it's just a guy who can maybe provide some balance as a, as, and, and do the whole your turn, my turn with, Mm -hmm. with Deshaun. Um, Deshaun played a lot more heavily on the ball for Paul the Six last season, and that was more so to showcase he is able to do that. Now, was it the the cleanest of experiences? No, but he showed that he was able learning to curve kind control of thing. the game. Yeah, it's not easy to do at all. Um, and especially, you know, he's not just playing against other, you know, in the in one of the best conferences in WCAC, they're playing a national schedule, uh, and going to Guy Co and doing all these things. So you know, in terms of getting the closest experience that you can to a high major competition, he was doing it and he was producing. Um, so now as he continues to 
polish up on those skills that he needs. Who knows? I know a lot of the buzz has been, hey, he might go ahead and be a one and done. Uh, I think he, and and in no way, shape, or form do I compare these two guys, but I think he would benefit off the a similar pass, say like a Judah Mintz. He's going to hit the scene hard. He's going to mm-hmm. blow up. Everybody's going to love him. But if you come back for that second year and really polish up on some other things. Yeah, could you be a lottery pick then? You know? you're yeah, yeah. And and the thing with Deshaun is it's none of the intangibles. He brings all the intangibles, just the little polishing parts of his game that if he can get better, yeah, exactly. Sky's the limit. Uh, only other game name I want to throw out quickly. Uh, if there's any Wizards fans listening to this, they're obviously familiar from broadcasts with Christy Winter Scott, but Maryland basketball fan should be as well. Uh, she's one of the great women Terps players of all time. Uh, her son Jordan is also in the mix for the class of 2025. Anything quickly you want to throw in on Jordan? Yeah, Jordan. I mean, first and foremost, a great kid. Uh, blew up this spring, obviously, and and he's taking a little bit of a different path too. Playing for Virginia Elite, a, a mm-hmm. non-circuit, say UAA team. Um, but has completely brought a buzz around it. Like Cam Ward is with the public high school scene, a really, really cool experience what what Jordan is doing. He's a very loyal, faithful kid. But in terms of recruitment, uh, you know, I, I caught up with Jordan after he had his Maryland visit. And I know that the moment he and his mom were taking pictures with the jersey on what meant a lot to him. Yeah, special. Um, I know, yeah, I know it hit a spot with him. I know his mom started, you know, kind of tearing up. And, you know, you go through all that. So I think uh, in the in the – the grand scheme of things, I think Maryland's always going to be a contender there. Um, he's a he's a in terms of where he's at as a player, I think he is a guy who has a lot of the skill that you need. He's fundamentally sound. He knows how to play the game. Um, as he just continues to grow into his body, become more athletic, and learn how to use it. Again, he's another one man that's that has you know sky's the limit for him as well. But Michigan State has been in there very early and has, you know, for what it sunk in their teeth into him, um, as has a lot of others. And as she, we keep bringing them up, Indiana just offered, of course, yeah. uh, you know, Georgetown's in there. They're trying to kind of, you know, they're trying to uh, establish a DMV base as well. Uh, the list of suitors for for Jordan is going to be a long one. But if if the if Maryland really starts to prioritize him, they can really hem home on, hey, you know look at the history that you have here and this is what we see for you going forward because he's a guy who can come in and play the two or the three um and, and be an interchangeable piece and it, it will be a position that they need by then it seems like something that willard values too is guys that have positional versatility and, and lineup flexibility so uh yeah. makes, yeah. makes a lot of sense uh the 2026 class also seems particularly stacked locally there's a lot of guys here that are Honestly, there's like five names in the top 35-ish, which is it's just crazy from one area. I don't want to spend too much time on them because they're years away from, from people knowing these names. But uh, I guess just does that landscape of 25 and 26 looking particularly stacked, does that change a lot of what Maryland does in 24? Like, is it okay if they strike out and go big on some of these guys and, and don't hit on them in 24 because they have so many options, you know, in, in future years? Well, obviously, you you want to get your guys that you want. Um, but you know, if I were to say, look, they need to, they need to capitalize on all these great point guards or all these great wings, like that's going to stunt your growth for the future and in landing these future kids. So you have to be very strategic in how you do it. And that's why like when Maryland fans are, are, you know, saying, why aren't they offering this kid now? 
you can't just go around and offer everybody for everybody in the class and they all talk locally too. Right. And, and it's, and it's again, like, it's not just the kids. Of course, kids are going to be excited when they get any off, but it's the ones that, that are, that are, you know, handling a lot around them or, 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 or have a lot of influence on them. They're watching the little things that how people go about their business and feeding that back to the kid or saying that's fine, but here's how I'm going to, you know, here's how I'm going to approach it. Um, for 26 men, as you said, it's loaded. Uh, the the Jordan Smith is is a dynamite dynamite prospect at, at uh, Paul the Sixth. Um, I was down there a, a week, week and a half ago, whatnot. Obviously, the gym is filled with high major high major guys. Everybody uh, on that particular day, which I don't think it's a rare occurrence, Jordan Smith was the best player in that gym, um, and he's he's six two six three and plays like he's six seven has a quiet quiet like uh, just competitiveness that is very rare um and and can do just so many different things on the floor he's just such a such a joy and a, such a fun fun one to watch um but then you, you know you come up to maryland dc this is a guy who really you know people you might not see on the national rankings yet uh but but prince moody um from bishop mcnamara a guard, six foot three, six foot four, wired to score, um, and and McNamara has a ton of uh, you know young young talent. Prince is is very very high on that list. So is Caden Samuels. He's another one that you'll find um, who had an excellent end to the summer. Uh, a lefty, you know, six foot five, six foot six wing can really really shoot the ball, uh, and and has that prototypical wing look and frame that you want um uh, or you know as an off-ball guard as well so there's there's a lot of them there's even in the 27 class man there's there's a lot of them coming up we got you know in, in mount st joe i'll just i'll just shout him out now his name is zika me and he has a lot of what daryl morsell had Ooh, um, that. <laughs> maybe even a little bit more skilled at this point as he's a freshman mm-hmm. but between between Mount St. Joe, DeMatha has a, a a roster full of the young talent. They, you know, a, a kid who they a lot of people think are the number one player in the 27 class. So you're going through. Is it too early to to worry about 26? It's like uh, in the grand scheme of things, yes. But like it, we're in an area, it's just going to keep recycling. And right. it's, you, you can never stop. We're lucky. We're lucky. That's cool. I'd like to consider myself a basketball sicko, so I know a good amount of these names. But how do you keep track of this many guys across this many age groups and grades? Uh, I mean, that's that's always impressive to me that you've got like a deep knowledge of every one of these dudes uh, that pretty much anybody names. You've got an answer for it. It's just uh, it's just my passion, man. It's just something that 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 you know gets me excited to to talk about, to go watch, to to whatever. I mean, it was just your thing. I'm sure you did the same thing. But you know, when we're little, we're playing you know, PlayStation two and we're playing NBA live and you're in your season mode and you, you have every guy's statistic, uh, you know, memorized or whether it just be you following the NBA recruiting is always something that's always been interesting to me. And, and, you know, I had to, before I was really, uh, aware of like the rivals.com or scout.com back when that was a, like, I would just keep refreshing Baltimore sun until this guy committed and how he couldn't wait to read the story. And now we have all these in-depth kind of, you know, uh, places to go and and to read more about it. So it, but it's just something that, that I'm passionate about, man. And like, I didn't know when I first got into this that, okay, I, I know who this freshman kid is, but like who really 
cares other than me. People care. It's a lot you know, of people, yeah. people care. And 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 I didn't realize that the 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 scene and the community was so big. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it's even cooler just to know that what I'm doing, people are excited about and that I can provide some some information and value to uh for both the player and then the fans who are trying to follow. It's just uh it's it's something that gets me excited, man, and I'll I'll never stop doing it. I think that's been the exciting thing for me as a fan the last couple of years too. I'm going to give Kevin Willard and company some credit for this, but, but you guys as well, like the coverage has really uh, ramped up in the last couple of years at this level. And it's made it similar to like an NBA where it's, it's not quite free agency, but basketball has become a year round thing. So when you can't watch the Terps on the court, you can still keep track of the progress they're making off the court. And that's almost equally as if not more so exciting sometimes. So I know fans appreciate what you guys do. No, we, we love it, man. We love it. And even at the high school scene, it seems like this, this stuff never stops. And, you know, I'm, I'm always good for a vacation or two, but it's it, as long as I'm in a gym, I'm good. Uh, just two quick ones for you before I let you out of here. I've taken up more of your time than I already planned to, but hopefully people are loving this as much as I am. Uh, Georgetown, Ed Cooley is now there. I mean, that's a huge hire for them, one that I'm still kind of surprised by candidly, but how has that changed the local recruiting scene? Are they starting to get in on guys? Is that a threat to some of the guys that Maryland's trying to get? Like, what should we expect from them in the next couple of years? Sure. I mean, they're, they're in the same boat that, uh, you know, that Willard and company were coming in last year. Mm-hmm. Um, they're trying to, to, you know, hit the ground running. They get Caleb Williams, local Sidwell friends kid um, who has, you know, again, a, a lineage uh, in his family in terms of, playing, you know, high level basketball. And, uh, you know, Caleb's a great kid who, who has done nothing but win games throughout his high school career, both in the high school scene and grassroots scene. Um, and, and they're, they're involved with plenty others, you know, locally. Uh, they obviously had to resort a lot to the transfer portal, um, over the, you know, when they were just coming in. But the thing that Cooley has is a lot of good relationships with, with kids elsewhere. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, whether he was recruiting him while he was at Providence uh, and now he's at Georgetown, they're trying to get that brand back. And, and I'm not too keen or I'm not going to release the specifics on how determined they are to do that, but they're going to be determined because they invested in, in Cooley and they want it all to work out. Um, they're, they're doing it the right way in terms of trying to get the excitement back and, and not only just in the basketball team, but throughout campus to have everyone feel as one because for a while there it was just dormant and it was dark and uh so they have a they have an uphill battle but i think that's why cooley made the move and it's not only to infuse georgetown basketball but himself get that last passion back for this last run of his career and that's going to be dipping into the dmv and 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 they do a great job as a staff um being in the gym a lot more you see that you see that georgetown logo a lot more around here and i think it's going to pay off for him um for sure and and yes it's definitely a competitor for for maryland going forward the single most important question i'm going to ask you this entire time if people want more of this amazing coverage where can they find it yeah definitely uh you know i'm i'm writing over it inside maryland sports through the the 247 network uh 247 sports network definitely you know find me on there um, on Twitter, it's at Kobe G hoops. I'm also a lot more active on Instagram now with, uh, my scouting page at Kobe G scouting. Um, and you know, I have some announcements coming here in the, in the near future. And just in terms of what, what's up for me going forward, um, with, with where you can find some more content that I'll be dishing out a lot of, uh, with, with, you know, regularity. 
Cool. We'll be keeping an eye out for that and we'll make sure to post and retweet all that good stuff too. Uh, Colby, this has been great. I, I think nerding out on this kind of stuff is something I could do for another two or three hours. So thank you for making time at your afternoon and good luck with the rest of the, the cycle here. I'm sure there's a lot of other stuff coming up here to, to keep you plenty busy. Anytime you leave me, let me know, Matt. This was fun. Uh, you know, if you want to get up again when after this, after the 2024 20, dust settles and look forward to 25, whenever you need me, man, just hit me up. This was fun. Yeah, that would be great. Really appreciate that. All right, everybody, you heard it. If you're not following him already, if you're not subscribed to the Inside Maryland Sports uh, VIP section, definitely worth the money. And uh, I would highly recommend that to everyone. Plus, you get a free Paramount Plus account out of that. So that's a that's a bargain. Uh, everybody, this is Believe in DMB Hoops. Appreciate the time. Rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. We're presented by betonline.ag, and we will catch you all next time. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube